0: Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We're excited to talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening.
1: Hey, what's up, friends and family? Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with Clark and Bobby. Today, we're here talking about Colossians 2. Before we dive into the specific verses. Specific. Specific verses, Bobby. Remind us what we're doing here.
0: (laughs) Well, you guys, I don't know if you know this, but Paul actually never visited Colossae. Hmm. He didn't go to the church in Colossians. It was actually started by an, is it Epaphras? Yeah.
1: They're like pen pals.
0: Pen pals. I love pen pals. Anyways, did you ever have one? I had some buddies from church camp that we would write back and forth. But even now, like getting mail in, the, in our mailbox, that's mail. I'm one of those people that loves Christmas greetings. So send hit me up. I will. You send it to me. I will have much joy opening that thing. And just so you know, last year we implemented. Uh, we put them up and then we pray over the names. Yeah. And if they've been prayed for, that we put a little tiny heart. In them and so the kids can go look over them and see your face and read your name and say a prayer and and me sometimes too but mostly the kids were doing it anyway a little kind of like pen pals epaphras kind of heard um from paul or was ministered to in ephesus is that what it mm-hmm. is yeah and then we read in other books that epaphras eventually connected with paul in jail Go figure in, Chile, yeah. in Rome years so, later. Bro, what'd
1: you do? I was telling people about Jesus. What's so your he, name? Epaphras is me, Paul. I wrote a letter. Oh,
0: that's so funny. I know. I wonder what that, the yeah, the specifics of that. But yeah. colosse if you look on a map, is kind of where modern day Turkey is mm. today. Really beautiful now. I yes. think people have gone in, and I Gorgeous. have not gone, but yeah. Gorgeous. Someday. So the church was struggling um, with this uh, Greek influenced form of Jewish spirituality. So some people, and like we've talked about this in so many other New Testament books, I guess it's just yeah. lifting for me now that there were, you know, these certain rituals and traditions, things that they ate or drank or didn't eat or drink, that they were just kind of given higher levels of acceptance, you mm-hmm. know, if, you, if they did or didn't do these things. And so Paul's teaching them that, no, that's not who we are. That's not what we do. It's all Jesus. Yeah. And that's what chapter two is really about. It's just about the sufficiency of and in Christ and and who he is. Paul wants
1: people to know, I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. He says, My goal in writing is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding, in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are the hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And so he's contending for people. He's praying mm. for people. He's speaking the truth in love. and love.
0: People he doesn't even know. People he doesn't yeah. even
1: know. But why is he doing these things? So that the church might have complete understanding of who God is in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I love that Paul uses that um, like almost like boxing and war language of contend. Like, I'm battling for you. Yeah. And you know what? You listening? There are people in your life that need to be contended for. Mm -hmm. You need to pray for them. There are people that you need to reach out and text Mm -hmm. and say, hey, come to church on Sunday. Come sit with me. You need to invite people in your life to join your small group. How can I pray for you? But there are people that only you have access to. And you might be the only Christian they know. And so who are you contending for? And then when he talks about having this understanding and knowledge of these mysteries and wisdoms in Christ, he's taken a shot at the Gnostics. Because some of these people, as the Greek Hellenization mm, process oh right. happened, they impacted the Jews. They thought that there was a certain level of uh, knowledge and enlightenment that you needed to like be saved and be at that elite level. And so they saw the world in a dualistic way where there was like good versus bad, and uh, there's a creator that was not all-powerful and holy, and there's this war between, kind of like Star Wars, the light and the darkness, Sith and Jedi, whereas Christians, we know that the war's actually been won. Right. It's not it's 50, not it 50, 50 yeah. It's a hundred-zero, and uh, Christ is victor. He's in charge. Mm-hmm.
0: So that brings us then to verse 6, where Paul is just continuing to kind of give them this charge of being rooted and built up. So then just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, Mm -hmm. rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, overflowing with thankfulness. So there just comes more understanding of the goodness of God when we realize and remember how sinful we are and how much God has loved us so much that he came, that he died. And so that's what verses 6 and 7 is kind of calling us like, hey, remember just as you received Christ, this really good gift, and you came into salvation, now continue. Like the rooted and being built up, I feel like that's where it's like, okay, we're really digging deep. Like we're starting to live in a rhythm of grace. We're starting actually, you know, the first year that we were saved by grace, what what upside down year, you know, life just making different decisions based on who Jesus is and who we're longing to become. But then by year 21, that looks different than year one, Mm -hmm. like being rooted and build up and day after day, plotting and living your life. So be strengthened in this. And what comes out of this is overflow. You're overflowing as you're taught in faith, you're overflowing with thankfulness. And I think that's something as we reflect, um, on folks where we've kind of done like their celebration of life so even people who are maybe not in our family but it was kind of like nearing the end and then they went to be with the lord and we got to come and celebrate and and just grieve to their lives toward the end so many people in the church they're they're happy. They're grateful. They can't believe, you know, where they are in life and, yeah. and the things that God has done. And it just the gratitude literally overflowing with gratitude. And so there's a song actually it's called Gratitude. And we sing it at church. Yeah, and I think my, it's touched a lot of people. Brandon Lake. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: When when Pastor Johnny leads that song, you just can feel people leaning in and how it starts is all my words fall short. I got nothing new. How could I express All my gratitude. And there's this leaning in where again we realize we're guilty. God's grace is incredible. And so we have nothing but gratitude to give God. Yeah. And then what happens now in verses kind of eight through 12, he makes a couple of very clear points. One, he says Jesus is God. Um, Mm -hmm. And since you believe in Jesus, he is the one who's brought you to fullness, uh, to salvation. Mm-hmm. to right standing before God. Remember he's in charge. He knows the way. So you need to listen to him and follow him. There is no need for any kind of rituals or traditions outside mm-hmm. of repenting and believing and following Jesus that you need to do to be saved. And so when the church offers the sacraments, those things do not save us. The church gives us baptism and communion as reminders of the gospel, like mm-hmm. of our death and, and to sin and yeah. our resurrection life in, in with Jesus. And how baptism now is the kind of what he's talking about here, this language, points us to a greater reality in which we now live. One of my commentaries has got an author named David Garland. He says this, When you and I experience baptism, or we see other people experience baptism, we're accepting God's judgment on our sin and the sentence of death, but we do not die alone. We die with Christ, who died for us. A John dons hymn to my God, my God, and my sickness. He expresses Paul's thought really clearly. He says, We think that in paradise and Calvary, Christ's cross and Adam's tree stood in one place. Look, Lord, and find both Adam's met in me. As the first Adam's sweat surrounds my face, may the last Adam's blood my soul embrace. And saying, hey, where Adam failed, we failed. Christ mm-hmm. came fully God and fully man as the second Adam. And did what we could not do. Mm-hmm. He died. And so when we repent of our sins, we essentially die with Christ. And that washing of the water shows that. And we come back up out of the water or the, the sprinkling of water. It washes away our sin to show that we now have new life. And so what baptism is, is it marks a break with the past. We and I, you and I are called to die to the old. Old ways of living, old ways of thinking, old alliances, mm-hmm. old powers that formerly kind of dictated our life pulled us in different directions. Mm-hmm. Now in baptism, we say goodbye to our sinful members. There's a, in a sense, of renunciation. It's like, I'm turning away. I'm saying no to that old way of doing things. Mm-hmm. I'm saying yes to the ways of Jesus. And, uh, the reason is more effective that baptism in this baptized life is because it's the work of the spirit in you. And I mm-hmm. love what he says. He says, baptism is not only the grave for the old self, It is the birthplace of the new. Hmm. It proclaims death to the old order and that old lifestyle, that old way of doing things. It says, we do not remain in the baptismal water. Baptism also proclaims that a new order is inaugurated, and anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. And that's what he's getting at when you So next time you see someone get baptized, think of that. And he continues with powerful language in verses 13, 14, and 15.
0: Yeah. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle Mm. of them, triumphing over them at the cross. So verse 13, what is dead cannot resuscitate itself. So, if you actually just sit with that in your head for a minute, you have to have someone from the elp from the outside come and help you and that's exactly what God did. He came, and yes, now because of that, because of what he did and because of of you know, verse 13 says, because of the cross, because of him forgiving our sins and canceling that debt. Now that being applied to us, we have the righteousness of God and and we can stand before him. Verses mm-hmm. 14 and 15 are super power. So this is what the whole chapter is kind of about, like how it's, it's all Jesus, like yeah. it's sufficient in, in who he is and what he did. And so these these verses are so powerful, especially in whatever was going on in the church in Colossae with the spirit warfare, or even if you think about Paul and, and other um, new churches too with the, the book of Ephesians and what was going on in the church of Ephesus, how yeah. this is like, this is so huge because it, it wasn't, um it wasn't just that he won but like verse 15 it says that he he disarmed them and then he made a public spectacle of them because if you understand what the cross was it was just created to shame and Mm -hmm. embarrass and it was it it was a tool of death for sure but it was also something just to bring you to the lowest of low that way with your final breath it was like okay It's completely like my, my reputation for my family, my household, my honor, uh, everything's gone, including my life. And then now God has totally turned this thing upside down, made a public spectacle of what the evil ones were trying to do with it and made it something that's really, really good.
1: Yeah. I love first Corinthians two verse eight. It says, none of the rulers of this age understood it because if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. It's like Satan and his minions didn't fully comprehend the death sentence they handed themselves when they put when when they you know uh, pushed Jesus towards the cross Now when I say push right. I mean Jesus chose it he, he, went, he, he yeah. wasn't you know um, captured out of his own will he, he chose to go to that but had evil understood what he was doing they would have done everything in their power to pamper Jesus and not have him <laughs> yeah. go to the cross. And so what happens now, just really in the rest of the chapter, Paul's encouraging them to don't go back to old ways. Yeah. Um, like, don't go back to old Mosaic law that no longer apply to mm-hmm. today. in um, verse 18 stands out to me so well. He said, do not let anyone who delights in false humility and worship of angels disqualify you. Because people are saying, you have to do this and you have to do that in order to be saved and trying to walk in this false humility. There is a false humility at work in the church today mm. when people ask questions and the church responds, I don't know. That's a good question. And people are saying, I don't know, because they don't want to sound judgmental. They want to appease people. Usually it's a progressive worldview. Where again, like mm-hmm. we've said earlier in previous podcasts, the Bible actually is very clear on the vast majority of its its stances and its beliefs. And there's not a lot of uh, confusion. God's not the God of confusion. He's the God of clarity and of order, and we have to, you know, wrestle with these. And so I yeah. want to tell you this: like, don't be afraid to ask your questions. Mm-hmm. Keep asking your questions and leaning in. But but trust that as you interpret the Bible with the Bible, and we look around and see well, the the world and the relative truth that's chaotic. People can't agree on what's good and bad. Mm-hmm. There must be a standard. And people who are saying these things to the church in Colossae, they're not really connected to Jesus. And so mm-hmm. when he's getting at the ligaments and the sinews and the body and it's being supported, it's like, you have to be connected to God. Just like in mm-hmm. John 15, when Jesus talks about he's the vine and we're the branches apart from him, we can't do anything. Yeah. And so no false humility here. We're asking God to cultivate life with the spirit and he ends here in the last, you know, three or four verses just doubling down again, saying, When it comes to these rules and regulations, remember you are meant to be in relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And so when he says, Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, these are rules, blah, 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 he's this reminds us of legalistic religion, which is defined by what we don't do and shouldn't do. Right. Where Jesus is actually turning the focus more towards, hey here's a life-giving relationship with Jesus. Right. I want you to focus on what you're supposed to do and who you're supposed to be and the way of Christ and how this is a good thing. Yeah. And so if we just sit back and go, oh, you know, I can't get drunk, I can't sleep around, I can't do what I want, life stinks, yada, yada, yada. We're completely missing it.
0: Right, God's you don't saying, understand
1: that. Yeah, you're missing yeah. the heart of the gospel and that the way of Jesus is actually better. And so verse 23, these regulations, self-imposed worship, harsh treatment of the body... All these things, you can follow all the rules, Paul's telling them, mm-hmm. and it won't change your heart. Yeah, Only a connection to Jesus does. And so that's us in community, in the word, mm-hmm. and in prayer, making ourselves to available, saying, God, I want you to change me from the inside out. Yeah. And we trust that he will.
0: That's a good word. Paul. So I like where Paul was getting at in this chapter just about the supremacy, the sufficiency of Jesus and the gospel of Jesus Christ, how he unpacks it. that it's not what we add to it. It's not even anything that we can do um, to make it anything better than it needs to be. It's good enough. in what Jesus has already offered. And I, I add just, I had a, a little thought while we were reading this is when, so Paul says at the beginning of this chapter that he is contending, he's contending for the church in Colossae and he's contending for those that are in Laodicea. And obviously he knew something was going on in the spirit as he's contending, even though he's not physically present there. Because when you go all the way to Revelation chapter three, and you read about an angel that comes for judgment, and he comes and he speaks to the people in Laodicea, and he says, you are lukewarm. Mm. It would have been better for you to be hot or cold. And that's I, I sense that in Paul's writing to the people of Laodicea and to, and to the early church in, in Colossians, because he's saying, hey, don't add to it. Don't try to do things in your own power don't try to have a foot in both wor- in a spiritual world with Jesus and a foot in the world where you're trying to do things your own way that's lukewarm be on fire for Jesus understand who he is and what he's done the truth of it the goodness of it and the suffering in it mm-hmm. because that's what he says too but that's for our, his glory and for our best and so interesting um, that Paul was just able to tap into that and what was going on with the spirit so thanks for joining us in this Book of Colossians. Really mm-hmm. good stuff, you guys. We'll be back with you tomorrow. God bless you wherever you are. Um, Maybe you encouraged by the scriptures today. Bye-bye. The Lord bless you and keep you. He'll make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.